You are listening to Talent Pod from Talent FM. Your host is Nikki Dallas. So today I'm joined by Dan Curtis. Dan is the founder of a new and exciting job board called Jobscribe. Thanks for joining me today, Dan. Hi, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome. I'd love to know more about your journey to creating Jobscribe. Yeah, so Jobscribe is, as you said, a new job board um, that's aimed to try and do things a little bit differently, try and make recruitment, as Talent FM does, a bit fairer for everybody. The idea on the client side is quite simply make it as cost-effective as possible or make it a lot more cost-effective for employers and recruiters. So it's just based on a simple annual subscription model, which is where Jobscribe comes from. It's jobs and subscribe, push them together and came up with Jobscribe. Ah, that's interesting. I thought it was scribe because they get to write about themselves. So the scribe part from there, that's where I thought the scribe came from. So Yeah, no, that, that was almost like an accident, accidental... Was it really? Byproduct. <laughs> I didn't think of that until afterwards. It was subscribe and jobs put together. Oh, that's fantastic. Brilliant. So, so tell me, why do you feel that things need to be fairer from the job board market? Where do you think that things are lacking? And what do you think that your product solves? Well, the traditional or the old guard of job boards, you know, they do a job. Some of them do it better than others, but they don't necessarily do things brilliantly for the employer or the recruiter, um, Mm. or they charge a fortune. You know, if you look across the UK major job boards, if you take out the the free options, your average price for the big guys is just under £115 for a job, or I think it's about £180 a month if you want to search for candidates in their database. Mm. And then you might not get as many as you like, you just get a certain amount in that month. So I decided to keep it simple. There's an annual subscription model and you can post as many jobs as you like, search for as many candidate profiles as you like whilst your subscription is active. Just keep it nice and simple, keep it nice and affordable. Yeah, I would imagine that's quite refreshing from, certainly from my point of view, obviously from the agency side of things, I think that's a really refreshing model. And so tell me, why a job board? How how did it come about? It was one of those genuine lightning strike, middle of the night kind of moments. So I got made redundant at the tail end of 2019 from my previous job, just towards the end of November. Decided to take a bit of a break, get Christmas out of the way before started looking. So January 2020 started looking not knowing that about a month and a half later, the whole country was going to close down for, well, what's ended up being almost a year or just over a year, which it wasn't great timing, but it gave me some time to spend with my daughter. And I had a really nice summer with her, teaching her to ride a bike and picnics by the river. And oh, That's the important stuff, isn't it? Yeah, the really important stuff. And it was lovely. And as it came towards the end of that, I started thinking to myself, what am I going to do then? So she's going to start school in September. I need to start looking. Do I start looking and go back into making money for other people or should I set up on my own and and try and make some money for myself for a change? Mm. Went to bed with half an idea of starting an agency because that's what I've done for almost 16 years, working in-house and agency, but you can't very well start your own business just to do recruitment if you don't need stuff. So I went to bed and literally woke up again about midnight with this idea of doing a new fairer job board and then stayed up all night scribbling down ideas and trying to figure out how that might work. Apparently, that's how some of the best Beatles hits were written, so you're obviously in good company there. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Practically, they're successful to me, Nikki. <laughs> that, that nighttime inspiration. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, and it was. It was genuine. I just didn't really sleep all night and just kind of 
scribbled down different ideas and, and came up with different options of how it could work. I mean, the basis of the idea came about from actually finding for a day out with my daughter, with my other half sister and, and her little boy. We went out to a park somewhere and we were sitting there and she was telling me about the various dating websites that she's been on and mentioned how much she liked Bumble because it gives more control to the, the lady in the partnership side of things. And I thought to myself, why isn't there a job board function that can do that for the candidate? Give them a bit more control over who can see all of their details. And strangely, the same day, I heard a phone in on LBC radio with people phoning in who were saying that because they've got what is traditionally classed as a foreign sounding name, they're being overlooked for jobs when mm. employers are looking for them. There's so much research around that. It's, it's shocking still the numbers that, you know, if you've got a foreign sounding name, the amount of applications you need to send out in order to get through to interview stage is much, much higher yeah. than a traditional English sounding name. Yeah, I'm glad that these things are getting highlighted for sure, but it really is a real issue. And so obviously your product is designed to, to improve that. It is. And that, you know, that's what the idea that suddenly woke me up again in the middle of the night was. It was suddenly like, hang on a second, you can do both of those things mm. by having, rather than candidates when they register upload their full CV so any company that's got a subscription could suddenly know everything about them from day one they create an, an anonymized profile based around their skills and their most recent experience I mean this is why I was so keen to talk to you because you know this diversity and inclusion piece we obviously share this in, in common you know it's so important that we make things more equitable and fairer and more inclusive in hiring and so on but why is diversity and inclusion important to you I think it should be important to everyone, Nikki. And, you know, I've worked in various industries in my recruitment experience and various locations around the country. And you can see some places where it is important to the company and other places where it isn't. And it sounds funny to say, and when I came up with the idea, I thought at some point I'm going to get asked this question as a middle-aged white guy, why it matters to me. But it's not just about the people with the foreign-sounding surname or the young women who might go off on maternity leave they're getting discriminated against. It is middle-aged white guys as well. There was quite a high-profile case recently. A chap, probably only slightly older than me, very experienced in his field, went for a, an interview. I think it was either with the NHS or one of the local councils. And the feedback from his interview was very, very good, but you're not successful because you won't fit in with the millennial female team. Yeah. Yeah, and that's um, just wrong, isn't it? It is wrong. It's entirely wrong. And, you know, that's kind of what drives it home, really, that diversity isn't just about what you immediately think of as diversity. It's about everybody. It's about getting the right person in the job. Absolutely, yeah. And that what they look like and where they come from. Absolutely. And of course, you've also got diversity of thought and that, you know, Talent FM has just been awarded um, a gold partner with RIDI, which is the Recruitment Industry Disability Initiative. You know, it's, it's right that. across the diversity... Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Diversity isn't just, you know, the colour of somebody's skin or, or, or their sexual orientation. It's diversity of thought and neurodiverse candidates as well. It's really important that, that we kind of level up hiring and we recognise that there's so much bias within hiring at the moment and, and try and mitigate all of those points of bias and, and well, basically not even mitigate them, but just remove them. I think it's really refreshing. It, it takes everybody to make change, doesn't it? It doesn't just come yeah. from one sector or from one person who's got a particularly vested interest. I think it's our responsibility for everybody to, to make this change, which is why I was so keen to have you on, Dan, and chat on this podcast, because I know that, um, you know, our listeners are, you know, really passionate around this subject. I wanted to definitely shine a light on the great work that you've been doing. Thanks. You're more than welcome. So... <laughs> 
job boards you know I'm sitting having yeah. my dinner the other day um watching the telly which I shouldn't have been doing I should have been sitting at the table but I was <laughs> eating my dinner in front of the telly how do you make yourself heard in a saturated market where there's big players advertising on tv I think it was indeed that were advertising yeah. on tv while I was munching my dinner the other day and obviously big radio budgets and so on I guess you don't have that kind of marketing budget so how are you well, getting your message out there <laughs> not yet anyway not, how are you yet. getting your message out one one day one day I'll have those budgets of course you um, will <laughs> at the moment I'm trying to do it sensibly and slowly yes I I haven't got the budget for those kind of guys but at the same time I don't need the same kind of income that they do Um, of course I could get away with a fraction of the income that they've got and and still live relatively comfortably so I don't need sometimes I sit there and think to myself what on earth are you doing you've got these huge billion pound companies that you're going up against then I realise at this stage I'm not going up against them I'm just entering into the market with them Yeah, and um, you're offering something with a clear point of difference as well. So. I am offering something with a clear point of difference, with, arguably with two clear points of difference. You know, there's the there's the cost-effective subscription model and the devising angle are two th- very different things that they're not doing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I, I'm not going to compete with those guys in the first year, maybe not in the second year, but by the third year, one hopes. You know, and, and, and as the clients start building up and the, the site gets bigger, then there is the opportunity to do that. I, you know, I, I do have a a local very friendly PR marketing company who are on standby ready to make some noise for me. As soon as I've got the, the base there, then we can go out and really make some noise and just start trying to get out into the press in front of the right people rather than go and splurge a load of money of putting an advert in the middle of Coronation Street. <laughs> I don't think that's quite where you're at in your business model no, for, for no, right no. now. That's definitely not in my budget. What has the feedback been like so far? I mean, obviously you spoke to, to me and you're obviously you're speaking to others about this. I mean, when you spoke with me, I was like, wow, I love this. You know, it's right up my street. You you definitely targeted me well when, when you connected with me on LinkedIn because this is exactly what I'm all about, as you know. Uh, but what's the general feedback been like? You know, it's been really, really good, really positive. Obviously it's early stages, so it's it, it needs to build a little bit, but it is slowly building. There's a few clients who come on in the first few weeks. Obviously, I've only been, I have literally only been around and active as a website for a few weeks, although the development phase has been going on for quite a few months. It takes a long time to do that bit, doesn't it? It does take a surprising <laughs> amount of time. A lot longer than you expect it to as well. It We've just refreshed a... our website as well, and it just takes so much longer than you think. Yeah, yeah, it did. But it, I wanted to make sure that when it launched, it looked the part. I didn't want to go to market with something that had been thrown together. That's really important just to get out there. I wanted to work. Are any other companies offering anything similar to this? Are there any other job boards that do do anything similar? I haven't seen anything, but I wondered, are there any competitors in this market? There's similar, but similar in that they are looking at diversity and inclusion. But the ones that I've seen and looked at tend to focus on one area of that. So there'll be, you know, there's some job boards out there for the LGBT community. I see. Yeah. So they're very sectionalized and not kind of intersectional, whereas your point of difference is, is right across a, a diverse talent pool. Yeah. And that's my point. Pick the right person because they've got the right skills and the experience. Don't focus. You know, these guys are obviously doing a great job. Yeah. They are. They're still different from what I'm doing in that they're not saying, OK, de-bias your recruitment and just pick the right person. Yeah. Pick the best person. They're saying increase your diversity by coming to us and hiring somebody from this Understood. section of society. 
So, so what you're trying to achieve really is you're trying to achieve the equivalent of a blind CV where people are, are making the decision from what's on the page rather than the name, the age, the where they live and all of those aspects. So that's what you're really trying to achieve, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Fantastic. How can Additional- people find out? So they can go to www.jobscribe.work and click on through there. There's you, you land automatically on the Job Seekers page um, with a nice little button to say log in above there. Go on there, fill in your details. And then once you get the activation code through, you can activate your account, create your skills-based profile, and away you go. Fantastic. So that's www.jobscribe.work. Indeed. And I'll, I'll definitely put that in the sh- uh, show notes as well so that people can, can click through to it. And also like- the employer page as well, so employers can go on and create their account. What I've done as well is make sure that employers have a profile page so they can talk about their company. They can say why they're a great place to work. They can talk about why they're so keen on diversity and inclusion or debiasing their processes. Fantastic. And people can be bloggers as well, whether that's job seekers or companies. If they've got something exciting they want to shout about, I'm more than happy to let them do that. I've got oh, one of my candidates who's a freelance copywriter, just moved into the freelancing world. And he wrote a really nice article about making that shift from employment into freelance. I don't want to be the only one making a noise on the website. It's there for everybody. Yeah. Okay. And do you, are you specialising in any particular sector or is this for all sectors across the UK? All sectors across the UK. I did consider making it into a niche market, but for two reasons, I decided against it. Okay. What were they, if you were mind sharing? Well, yeah, because of the debiasing thing, I want every company out there to try and debias their recruitment processes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the whole point. of it. There's no point in just picking one market. Of course, yeah. And also, in all honesty, if I'm offering a, a cost-effective model where you get unlimited postings for one small price, if I then pick a market... Yeah, you're I'm limiting your pool. I'm, I'm limiting how much I can earn, Nikki. Absolutely, of course. Lovely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and of course, this has to, has to be a commercial exercise so that you can continue the good work that you're doing, of course. It is. I'm trying to do good work, but it, it is a commercial enterprise at the end of the day. Uh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Those things don't need to be you know, mutually exclusive, do they? They, they can okay. go very, very well hand in hand, as, as lots of businesses have shown. I'd really like to talk to you about your experience of creating a new business during a pandemic. I know, obviously, from myself being a business owner, how challenging you know, setting up a new business is and obviously how challenging the last 12 months have been what, what's been your experience i suppose it's a funny one for me and I, I haven't got anything to compare it against like i have launched during the pandemic and the vast majority of the time from deciding to do it to actually going live was the development phase mm. and it's, it's kind of gone live almost at the right time you know lockdowns are easing obviously there was more news last night about hospitality opening wider and cinemas and things opening up so I can't, I, also, I haven't got anything to compare it against. I, I haven't launched a business, well, not for a very long time. Trust know. me, it's not normally this hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. You've got no benchmark, have you? You've got no. nothing to benchmark it again. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been, it's been yeah. good. It's what have been, been the highs for you? What, what's, but what's been the best part? Some of the feedback that I've received, you know, pretty much anybody who's looked at the website said how wonderful the website is. Great. I've passed that feedback on to my wonderful website developer. <laughs> but then threatened to charge me more money. So um pass that feedback on it. <laughs> I've really enjoyed the design phase of it, getting it set up, getting it looking good. Yeah. Talking to people about it, getting that initial feedback. I've made some really interesting new connections whilst doing it. Yeah. Not least me. <laughs> not, not not least you. <laughs> Absolutely. Very much towards the top of the list, Nick. <laughs> I would very much hope so. <laughs> and, and, and what about the lows? What's been the toughest point during the process? 
I suppose it's those days when I let the self-doubt kick in. Yeah, we all have that. <laughs> we, we do. I, I'm a reasonably optimistic, confident person in general. I, I always have been. It's a bit of a strength and a bit of a fault all at the same time because I always think everything's going to be great. <laughs> but, you know, there are days when I sit there and think, what on earth have you done? You've just pay, you've paid out all this money, had this website developed. What if it doesn't work? What are you going to do? And then I can give myself a kick out the backside, have a glass of wine, and it's generally okay. And it's all better the next day. Yeah, but yeah, there are those days when I I, I, I doubt myself and doubt that it's going to work. And I certainly think from everything that I'm seeing. So I was sitting reading the I think it was the Sunday Times at the weekend, and there was you know a. a pull-out page on women in sport. There was an, another couple of articles that you would never have seen in mainstream press before. There's definitely a movement happening. And I think it is a movement and not a moment, which I know is a lot of debate in DNI circles and so on. But I think it certainly is, there is, is some change happening. So in terms of your timing, I think your timing is absolutely spot on. If you were trying to do this, you know, two or three years ago, before all the social change initiatives like Me Too and, and Black Lives Matter and all of these things that have been kind of creating change in the world, I think it probably would have been a bit tougher but I certainly think you're launching at the right time for sure you know the diversity agenda is front and centre in so many organisations as it absolutely should be so I certainly think that you know timing wise I think you've, you've got that spot on yeah I hope so I also hope it doesn't look like I've seen the news at all and bandwagoned off the back of it um, it's just one of those things that it I, I suppose because it was in the news it there was the kernel in the back of my mm. head absolutely that, that sparked that idea in conjunction with Bumble, of all places. <laughs> what I would say to you, Dan, is I think that there's a lot of people in this space that are very authentic and there's a lot of people that aren't. And I think the people that are authentic, you can see a mile off. And like your authenticity and your desire to do it for the right reasons definitely shines through. So please don't worry about that. From what I've seen, you know, it's not just a, oh, this is a good way to make money. This is from <laughs> a genuine, authentic place. You know, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I think that, you know, a lot of the authenticity issue will become more important important to people as, as things go on and as they realize that there are some companies that are literally saying all the right words but not not walking the walk they're just talking the talk and uh, that will be very clear for a lot of people to see I think what have you learned about yourself in this process I suppose that I'm not always optimistic and half glass <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose also that I have got that resilience to pick myself back up off the, mm. off the back of that yeah um, you know we've all had knocks in our lives and you kind of you forget that you've picked yourself up because you just you could just move on. Yeah. You know, if, if it's in a job and you have a bad day at work and you think, oh, that's awful, you go in the next day and it's you've got the team there and they they pick you back up and you you've forgotten about it and you move on. Because this is just me. Yeah. Yes, I've got my other half and she's at home working from home most of the day, most days. She's convenient in the office today, so she's not sitting in the background making <laughs> key tapping noises and cups of tea while we're talking but it's not quite the same as having somebody who's doing the same thing as you I think yeah, of course. if you're working completely on your own in your own business you need a different kind of resilience Mm, I totally understand that. I've just been reading, well, I say reading, I'm actually listening to my first ever Audible book. I've never listened to an audio book before. Oh, I downloaded Audible. It's, it's the first time ever that I've ever, because I love to read. I love the page. I love the feeling of the book and so on. But are you familiar with um, a lady called Brené Brown? She's an American writer. She calls herself a social worker, but but that's like an American term. I think in UK terms, she'd be like a business coach, occupational psychologist, that type of person. Have you ever heard of her? No, I haven't, no. 
Oh, well, she's got something on Netflix, which I can't remember the name of right now, but the book I'm uh, listening to at the moment is called Rising Strong. And it's about resilience. And basically when you've got your, you know, face down in the arena, how do you get back up? And the types of people that do well against adversity and resilience and that kind of thing. It's really interesting. It it sounds like it might speak to you from what you've just said. It sounds like it might be something that that you might want to have a, have a listen to. Yeah, Um, I'll have to check it out. I, I, I spend a lot of time in the car. So, oh, perfect. Yeah. That's why I love audiobooks. I used to commute in and out of London a couple of hours each way on a train. Yeah. And and go through a book in a couple of days or a week if it was a particularly long book. Yeah. After commuting by car and now obviously working from home, I haven't really got the time to read. Yeah. But when I started commuting by car an, an hour or so each way a day, that's when I, I got the Audible app. Mm. And because I missed stories, I missed having something going on. Yes. I kind of get distracted and almost doze off listening to music on the radio. Uh, That's not good when you're behind the wheel for no, sure. exactly. <laughs> Definitely download the book, please. Yeah. Give well, everybody uh, around. Well, I tend to listen to a lot of LBC or Audible books. Yeah, no, I, I think I, other I, radio I, book services are available. But <laughs> absolutely, I would definitely recommend um, you look at Brené Brown's work. She's re- very interesting um, and very honest. And what I like about this particular book is that she's actually um, narrating the book. She's reading the book herself, and so it feels very authentic. <laughs> it feels, yes. it feels, so that's why I don't really like the audio books because of. Um, people's random voices <laughs> yeah no I, I find that the best ones are generally read by the authors the Stephen Fry's got a fantastic series of three books with his take on the Greek myths oh yes and he reads them oh I could listen to him for days so that's oh, yeah I mean, he's got a fantastic him. voice anyway but he knows exactly where to intone for yeah. what he's trying to get across yeah. for that bit of humor with with the stories and it's, it's, it's yeah. really good series of books to listen to I would definitely recommend Brené Brown's work for anybody who is starting a business or is in on going through an entrepreneurial phase in their work or it's just a really interesting um, point of view that she's got so yeah definitely do <laughs> so, so tell me what are your hopes for the site what when will you know that Jobscribe is a success what will that look like for you I suppose on a, a, a small micro level and being slightly selfish the initial level of success is it lets me live my life the way I want to and not have to worry overly about money. And I'm not talking about being the next Elon Musk at that stage. Yeah. Well, way off that, yeah. But but being able to pay myself a nice salary where I don't have to worry and I don't have to constantly think, am I going to have to go and work for somebody else again? On the wider scale, which will take a bit longer and maybe sounds a little bit ambitious or borderline pretentious, I'd like it to actually play a part in changing the way that the country recruits. That's not at all pretentious. That's that's a noble aim indeed. Thanks. It is, but I I know that, you know, saying things like that can come across as a little bit affected sometimes, but... No, I don't think so. I think you've got to have you've got to have a reason behind what you're doing. And I think that that's definitely a a good objective for sure. I, I wanted to talk to you because when I when we first spoke, I was just really intrigued by your journey and, and you setting up a business at a really tough time in the world. And I just wanted to help shine a light on what you're doing and spread the word about Jobscribe, really. Is there anything else about Jobscribe or about you that you'd like the wider audience to know? I think we've covered all the salient points. I could go on about me all day, but that's going to be really... <laughs> <laughs> not, not really where you want to target your podcast. All I'm right. I'll regret later. Um, <laughs> no, no it, it, it is that at the moment. Obviously, you know, as, as it develops and grows, there are other things that will be added to it. There'll be, I've got ideas of how to develop functions so that the blind recruitment can go further into the process. Yeah. 
Um, I actually interviewed with an organisation a few years ago who, when I applied, I had to fill out two application forms. One of them was a fairly standard application form. The other one, this is again, this was still in the back of my head, actually, it was probably part of the inspiration behind Jobscribe. Yeah. The other one didn't have any identifying features on it whatsoever. And that's the one that the interview panel saw. As far as I'm aware, they didn't know anything about me as a person until I walked into that interview room. Yeah. All they knew was my skills and experience. Yeah. And so I've got ideas of how to develop things. So if companies want to do that and do it from source, so from the point where they find a candidate online all the way through to when they walk in through that interview door, mm. that they don't know who they are, I've got plans for that to happen and just do things in a more rounded way. I had obviously only had so much budget to get it up and running and still be able to live for a bit until it starts making money. Yeah, but you've uh, still got some development ideas for it. Well, that's really exciting. It's, it's going to get bigger. It's going to get better. But it's, it's good. It's good now. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's blooming good now. Go and sign up, everyone. Uh, <laughs> www.jobscribe.work. Thank you. Thank you. Dan. Absolutely. Well, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about no, your new baby today. <laughs> um, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you. And more importantly, I really want to help spread the word about what you're doing because I think it is so important. So thank you very much for taking the time. You know, the thing is, it's really great to be invited by somebody who is as bought into the diversity and inclusion and the fair recruitment piece as you as well. As, as you said or intimated earlier, that's why I got in touch with you in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's really great to see that my my efforts are being seen by the wider world as well, because sometimes you do all these things and you just think, is anybody listening? Is anybody <laughs> seeing what I'm doing? You know, because everybody out there. Hello. I know it's hard to sometimes gauge, isn't it? But uh, no, it's, it's great to, to chat to a like-minded individual. And I look forward to you know learning about you on the, more on this journey. And, and you know, as you develop new parts to the science and so on, do let me know and I'll do whatever I can to use my network to help spread your word because I do think it's a really valuable message. So thank you for, thank for everything you've been through in the last year. You're here yeah. to tell the tale. Yeah, still going. Got a few more grey hairs. <laughs> And a few less hairs overall. <laughs> I've definitely got the grey hairs for sure. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you, Dan. Thanks very much for your Thanks, time. Nick. Thanks. You've been listening to The Talent Pod, brought to you by Talent FM. You can find out more about Talent FM's commitment to non-biased hiring at www.talentfm.co.uk.